Hey, this is TJ. And this is Jacob. And do you follow us on social media? If not, make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at Heart of a Coach Podcast or Instagram and Twitter at HOAC Podcast. Once you give us a follow, we'd love for you to leave a comment of any future questions you would like to hear asked on the podcast. Also, any coach that you think would be a great guest, go ahead and leave them in the comment section as well. On this month's episode, we interview two Mississippi high school football legends, Coach Mac Barnes and Coach Cordera Eason. We talk about how to be the best you you can be as you're coaching and playing. We also talk about how it is so important to use your influence for the kingdom of God as you're coaching and playing and how Cordera had one moment with a coach that changed everything for him. So join us as we dive into the heart of these coaches. Billy Graham said a coach will influence more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. A coach is a parent, mentor, and friend. They're an influencer of the next generation. All this is hard to see just watching from the stands. When you watch from the stands, you can see the coach, but you can't see the heart of a coach. So join us as we dive in a little below the surface into the heart of a coach. Well, Coach uh, Matt Barnes and Coach Cordera Easton, it is uh, a real honor to have you on our podcast. You know, it's not every day that you can get two uh, Mississippi high school football legends uh, on a podcast, and much less two of them who are in love with Jesus. So to start this out, I just want y'all to tell us a quick bio of how you got into coaching, and uh, we'll start with age before beauty. So we will start with Coach Matt Barnes. (laughs) You know, I didn't go to college planning on getting into coaching. I didn't really know what I was going to get into. And about my third year of college, I did decide to get, be a teacher coach. And and I, I graduated from Meridian High School in 1970. And I was able to graduate from Mississippi College and then come back and teach in Meridian Public School System. And uh, a series of events took place, which allowed me to become the head coach at Meridian High School when I was 26 years old. This would have been in 1978. And uh, I remained the head coach there for 20 years. And uh, retired in 97 and stayed on as athletic director for three years. And then I decided to leave the public school system and I went to Lamar. And this is my 20th year at Lamar to be the head coach. So uh, I have been able to spend all my uh, coaching career here in Meridian where I grew up. Yeah. And as, as far as me, I wasn't, you know, I didn't plan on coaching. Coaching wasn't in my, you know, it wasn't in my, my bio, so to speak. Obviously, you know, I had my intentions on playing football, playing football for a long time. And, you know, one thing led to another, but how I wound up here was playing football. I got hurt in the NFL during my NFL career. And so after I got hurt, you know, I was just kind of trying to find myself, you know, like, what next? You know, what what am I going to do? Because, you know, I've been so institutionalized for so many years, just playing football my whole life, and then all of a sudden it was taken away. So I didn't really know too much of what to do. So I kind of got into a little dark place. I was at home for like a year, year and a half. Um, people didn't even know I was here. And I was just kind of in a dark place, you know, just trying to figure out my next move. And I got a phone call from one of my one of my friends, and he was just like, man, what you think about coming, coming out here and helping coach our peewee team? And he had he he was the head coach of the team at the time, and I was just like, no, you know, I don't want to be around in the coaching. I just I don't know what I want to do. And he like, man, just come out here and try it. Try it one day, man. Just you know, come out here and see. And I went out there one day and um, still coaching. 
today, I never stopped when I left from out there that day. I, I coached there, and I went on and coached at um, – I got the offensive coordinator job at Magnolia Middle School for two years. I did that, and then after that, I got the hit um, the running back coaching job at Meridian High. I was there for three years and took a year off, and now, you know, Coach Barnes gave me that call this summer, and we had a conversation, and it was a no-brainer to me to, like, yeah, I'd love to, and now here we are. Cordero, tell us what it's like to get to coach under a legend like Coach Barnes and have him mentor you uh, and just be around him. Yeah, man, it's a it's an honor, man. You know, to get get an opportunity to be around someone who put others before they put themselves. You know, and that's one of the biggest things. You know, coaching. You know, the the wins and losses take care of itself. You know, but when you can show your time invested into these kids. You know, and Coach Barnes spent a lot of his time. The kids know he care about them. You know, we're not even talking about the X's and O's. We're just talking about just a person, you know. And so I, I kind of take more from him more so the personal aspect, you know, the connection between the players and the psychological aspects of things. And so it's helping me out, you know, in my little short coaching career. And also he's one of the greatest minds to learn from also when it comes to X's and O's. So it's an honor, you know, and it's a privilege. So I definitely, you know, take it. To try to take advantage of it and just try to build from it and use it as tools in my coaching career, you know, and just kind of take it from there. So it's definitely an honor. Coach Barnes, if you have just a little bit of, of advice for a young Christian coach who wants to make an impact for the Lord with his career, what would you tell them? I think this goes to anybody in any field. It's not just coaching. I see, I think people place way too much emphasis on finding role models. When I was 26 years old and, and just thrown into the ho- coaching position at Meridian High School, uh, I really wasn't ready for it. And I didn't know that. Uh, young people think they're ready for anything. And when I look back on it, I don't even know how I survived. And what I find is way too many people try to be like somebody else. And the God that I read about in the Bible, in our Bible, he, he tells us that each one of us are created with an assignment in his plan. And uh, he created us uniquely for that. And so the best thing that a, a young coach can do or a young business person or whatever they can do is simply be who they are and, and trust mm-hmm. the fact that God has equipped them to do what he wants them to do. And uh, I mean, so many young kids, if you look at the way they look at the pros, Cordero talked about teaching, you know, coaching youth sports. Well, you see a youth sport player eight-year-old score touchdown and he'll mimic what somebody does in college or pros and i don't think our our athletes recognize near enough the 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 way that kids look at them and you know the things that they're saying and the things that they're doing uh, they're just not giving us very good examples i love to have examples but i have no role models and uh, there's not Mm -hmm. a coach that i want to be like Uh, i simply just want to be the best coach that i can be and Cordell will tell you this, we, we don't do anything because another coach does it or another team does it. You know, we adapt it to our team, and uh, we, we appreciate the individuals that we have. We don't run the same thing every year because the next year we've got a different group of players, and we recognize and honor the unique talents and abilities that they have. So, you know, uh, once you learn to quit uh, – trying to be like somebody else. And once you learn that you don't know everything, that there's always, I don't, I'm 68 and I learn more now than I did 40 years ago. So uh, my, my whole thing is be yourself and uh, 
trust that God has given you the talents and abilities to do where he's placed you. That's so much wisdom, Coach Barnes. Uh, I think some of that, what you just said, leads into our next question that we're going to point toward Cordera. But Cordera, just uh, speaking on the athlete side, I know you played high school, college, and a little bit of pro football. Just speak a little bit about how important it is for an athlete who loves Jesus to walk out their faith uh, in front of their teammates. Yeah, man, that's huge, you know, because the teammates are the ones who typically have the biggest impact on each other. You know, as coaches, yeah, we can impact kids, but we all know kids gravitate gravitate towards their peers, you know. So if if we can encourage an athlete, you know, to just to walk by faith, you know, and not by sight, and, and he really carries and embodies that on the field, I know I feel like the team will rally around that, you know, not just on the field. We're talking about an off-the-field thing here, you know, just being a good Christian example, um, just leading, finding ways to, you know, diffuse situations, whatever the case may be. I just know it, it makes a huge impact because with me in college, you know, I had a role model. Um, I was starting fullback when I was at Jason Cook at Ole Miss. So he was, he was the only – I mean, the only just hands down Christian uh, that was on the Ole Miss team. The one, the only one who stood for it. You know, everybody else say, yeah, we're Christians, blah, blah, blah. But he was a man of God, like a true man of God. He wore it on his shoulder. He never cursed. He never, you know, and so I was like always looking at him like, man, I'm amazed by that. To Like, how are you a college athlete? And, you know, you stood out here like walking by faith. And, like, I was so encouraged by his faith that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I am who I am today, you know, just because I saw I saw him and I saw him go through adverse situations and I saw him use Bible verses and scriptures. And at the time, I wasn't really into it like that, you know, but I saw him and I saw the power of it and I saw he he never got down. He, he, he was a great leader, like, no matter what, people follow him. So I know that it, it, it has a huge impact, you know, if we have a, a player that can lead by example like that. So that's why, you know, me, Coach Barnes, and other coaches really emphasize, you know, just character, you know, and, and embodying, you know, Jesus' character, full armor of God. You know, we talked about it, you know, Coach Barnes talked about it at practice, you know, uh, the full armor, you know, and all those things. And if an athlete can walk around with that, I think that it'll have a huge impact and it rubs off on the rest of his teammates. And, you know, that leads to success on and off the field. This is a question for both of you, and I, I think we would all say that we believe that coaching is a calling. So if coaching is a calling, how do y'all coach for the glory of God on a daily basis? You know, coaching can be a calling. I really think preaching can be a calling. Anything can be a calling. Not everybody that gets in fields, though, are called to do them. I don't believe in making a lot of plans. Cordae will tell you this. We don't make a lot of plans on Sunday of what we're going to do the whole week. The coronavirus is one of the reasons because we never know what's going to happen from day to day. But we can start trusting ourselves so much that we think we can plan something that's going to work out that way. And God just has a way of humbling us. You know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to teach Bible at, at Lamar. I teach three classes. And one of the things, one of the people we're talking about right now is Abraham. And Abraham was given the covenant by God when he was 75 years old. I, I truly feel I'm 68 years old. And I don't know for sure if I really just received my calling or not. I know this, that God has told the believers that once they accept him through Jesus, then we are to make ourselves available to him as to whatever he says. And, and I believe a lot of times, and what Cordero was talking about on, on, on the young man that he uh, respected at Ole Miss, I've heard that guy speak. And he had truly mm -hmm. 
a believer. And I've also heard, as Cordero mentioned, over my life, many people that say one thing and do another. And uh, I just simply pray that when God calls me that I'll recognize it. The Bible talks mm-hmm. about so many people that have ears, but they don't hear and eyes, but they don't see. You know, I just ask God each day to help me recognize when he's speaking to me. And I think that's what, if people, when they get into a profession, will do that and they're aware of what God wants them to do. He can make that calling and he can use them anywhere. And, um, yeah, and just kind of picking back on that, you know, like it's, you know, we coach for God's glory. Like I know God, you know, God called, you know, he put a special calling on, on people's life. And you know that calling because you can, you know, you know God's voice. You know, when you hear God's voice, you know God's voice. And you speak in different ways. And, you know, me going out there on a day-to-day basis, just living out and coaching for God is like he, he, he's called me to this. He's called me you know, and other coaches to help lead the next generation. Because, you, you know, as coaches, you know, what Billy Graham said, right, you know, a coach to touch more, you know, people in you know, the day. I may misquote it, but we all know the Billy Graham quote. And a coach within itself, he's going to he's gonna touch more and more kids who come from poverty-stricken areas or kids who don't really have any type of hope, any type of family members or positive role models. And so I know that, you know, this calling that God has put on my life is more than just a coaching calling. It's a, it's, it's a calling to of repentance and saving kids. And, you know, it's a bigger issue. So I know every day I go out there, you know, I know that this is the purpose. This is my purpose. God has called me for such a time as this. And so I just live by that, and it gives me the power to just continue to get through my my day. You know, even, you know, if the players are not um, performing right at practice. And, that, you know, Coach Barnes, though, today we had kind of had one of those days, you know. To, some, you know, But you know your purpose out there. And it, and, and so it's understandable. Like, oh, this kid don't understand, or it's my job to coach him. It's my job to, to lead him the right way. So um, just God just steering us, knowing, knowing our purpose and knowing what he called us to, you know, that's how I go out there every day, you know, just to, to push through and get through the day, you know. Hey, can I add something to that? I, I would say – in the early 1980s, the state director of FCA at that time was Gary Beats, and he gave me a book by Gordon McDonald. The book was Ordering Your Private World. And uh, he hit, Gordon McDonald hit the nail on the head with hitting me, I think, many times. And I see this happening with preachers, and I see this happening with coaches. We confused being called with being driven. And mm-hmm. I truly believe Satan can jump in there. And he can make a calling from God such a burden for us that we do things for the wrong reason and we drive kids and deep down inside we're doing it to win rather than to really help them. And so we have to be really careful when that passion is there because a passion will overtake you and and they're good. I mean, that's where your heart's led, but then you have to be careful that it's not to promote yourself, that it is to promote God. And so I see so many people, whether it's preachers or coaches, get burned out in what they're doing. And they start worrying more about the results rather than, than the journey itself. And, uh, and so we go coach. God's not going to promise us that we're going to win games. He's not going to promise us that things are going to turn out the right way. He just simply says, spread the message. What happens from them from that point is up to him. So. I see a lot of driven coaches that really think they're doing it for God's purpose, but sometimes they're, they get interfered with by the devil 
and the motive becomes something rather than what it should be. Tell us about a coach that you had growing up and they had a positive impact on your life and a story or details of why they had such a positive impact on your life. You know, I can say this, almost all of my high school coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate enough to uh, play under high school coaches at Meridian High School that uh, I played football, basketball, and and, and track. And, uh, I mean, when I went to college, I thought all coaches were like that. Cordero may have a different experience, but I found out college coaches were a lot different than high school coaches. And, and I really mm-hmm. sort of got burned out on athletics in college. It was uh, – uh, you, you felt like you were just being used, and and it practices, you know. Particularly, uh, I was on the redshirt team at Ole Miss for for a year, and man, they just beat us to a pulp. And uh, I, I just, you know, I didn't see a real concern. It was obvious the winning was the only thing in high school. We won, but the coaches were more than just athletics to us. They were they were really our mentors, and. Uh, and so I, it wouldn't just be a coach, but it, it would be a lot of a lot of my high school and junior high coaches. I must say that. Now I will say this: there was a young seminary student when I was at Mississippi College after I transferred from Ole Miss that started a Bible study, and he totally changed my understanding of Christianity as well as some other guys on the team. And then the first FCA state director in Mississippi, Gary Beats, would be the other guy they affected my coaching, even though they weren't coaches, more than anybody else. Yeah, and I'll kind of go, you know, and I was kind of heading that same route. Yes, it's, it's my high school coaching staff, but more so really, man, my, my head coach, man, Coach Ed Stanley, like I, you know, he really showed me a lot. You know, he coming over from South Panola, you know, and he came with, you know, he was one of the coaches, obviously, that helped them lead on that on that big six to three game win streak, you know, that they had. He was kind of the steer steerhead of that, and you know, so coming over to Meridian High, you know, with a um, with a mentality of I want to change this program because we were down. We, you know, our program was kind of down for a little bit. That's why we got another coach, and you know, I was in the ninth grade, you know, when 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 I when I got there. And when he got there, and when he got there, one of the first things he did to me, you know, I didn't really, I didn't even really know him as well. I was still playing football at Kate, um, Kate Griffin, which is a junior high that we had, you know, Coach Barnes knows, but we had junior high, and it, you know, and it's 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 not there anymore. But I was still playing football at Kate Griffin, so I never really met Coach Stanley at the time, you know. So and I remember, I remember one day, um, like I was just sitting in class, I was in my geography class, um, he came and knocked on the door, and he. Um, obviously, my geography teacher was also one of my football coaches, so obviously he knew Coach Stanley. And so Coach Stanley told him, "Can you see me?" So I'm just thinking, like, "Oh my gosh, what? Did, I mean, you know, what did I do already? You know, like I don't even know this guy yet." But so he pulled me out, and then he bought me my. So I I, I got a first, my very first letter, um, college letter came as a ninth grade, as a ninth grade, and it was delivered by Coach Ed Stanley, and it was from Joe Paterno at Penn State. And he sat down with me, and he sat with down with me in the hallway, and he told me, like, you know, no, this is our first time meeting, but I'm here for you. You have something special, like, and I be dang if I allow you to mess it up. And when he told me that, that, that that's a, you know, that was a coach 
that showed me that he had my best interest in hand. Not only did he tell me that, I mean, he showed me throughout my ten, my my three years of playing with him. Man, he he was there through the thick and thin. I mean, he was at my house. He was, you know, just doing the little had a relationship with my mom. My mom cooked food for him. You know, it was just it was one of those things of just a coach that was really into his players and it wasn't just me he didn't just do me like that because of who i was like i mean this is who he was as a coach and who he is as a person and our teams fed off of that you know and it's the reason why we won the games we won you know uh we knew he would he'll run through a brick wall for us halftime we played against st martin coach i love coach stanley because stanley is crazy like uh, he got a helmet with one of our football players and just started like banging his head with the helmet like wartime I'm like he was bleeding from the forehead i'm just like oh my gosh you know but it got us riled up and it's just like if we went out there and st martin didn't score another point that half you know, we put up like three touchdowns back to back. So little things like that. Like he he knew how to, you know, really get to his players and and connect with his players. So man, that went a long way for me. And I just try to take that to my coaching career and just you know use that to just kind of grow into kids also. Do you have a story of of a kid and Coach Barnes, maybe even a coach, who because of your coaching and being around you and your influence? You saw a genuine life change in them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from the from the beginning. Uh, I, I don't have anybody, and the reason that I don't is, you know, my encouragement to kids is to meet God and find out who He is. Anything that happens from that point is a reflection of Him and not me. My only job is to, you know, I don't know if if you've ever read the Twelve Steps and. Uh, uh, AA, 12 steps in AA, there's only one step, and that's the 12th, that you affect other people. The first 11 is getting your life in order. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm 68, and I'm still trying to get my life in order. Uh, and I explain one of the things that I try to do is be very transparent. And I explain to people not what I've done to be successful, but all the dumb things that I've done, all the stupid things that I've done that I shouldn't be successful. But God's grace has just overcome those things. And so, you know, my answer to that question is I've seen God change a lot of people's lives and I've been happy to be a part of introducing them to him. But it was far more people than just myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't really have it's not I can't pinpoint, you know, and point my finger at a person, you know, but I can, you know, I do have a lot of players, you know, former players, players now that, you know, that just respect Coach Eason just because of, you know, of what I stand for. You know, they know when they get in my car, is you know, that is no no rap music. They know what I, li- you know, they, they respect Coach Eason for Coach Eason because they know who I am. And I have gotten so many, you know, just encouraging messages like me, you know, coaches appreciate this and appreciate that, you know, from different people. But like Coach Warren said, you know, it's, and it's, it's not a me thing. I always doubt of myself when I talk to kids and I let them know, you know, that, you know, in, in order for you to be, you know, something, you have to do the same. Like, you have to die to yourself. And so I just live that in front of everybody that I encounter. And it's not a one particular person type of thing. You know, it's a collective group of whoever I encounter because I never change who I am. 
you know. And so over the years, it's, it's been, you know, numerous of players that, you know, have reached out and I still have connections and relationship with to this day just off of being authentic, you know, and staying true to who I am and knowing that it's not me, but it's only God who's, you know, moving through me in order to get to them. So, yeah, not a person, but just a collective effort all together. Coach Barnes, how do you keep God at the center of your life, but also focus on being a winning coach? Well, <laughs> they go hand in hand. I can remember early in my coaching career, I'd been involved in FCA, and, and my life had changed when I, I transferred from Ole Miss to Mississippi College, and I, I met that young uh, seminary student that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I had a guy at church ask me one time, you know, what principles did I live by? And and I mentioned two or three verses and he came back and he said, no, I'm not talking about the church thing. What do you really do during the week? And I said, that's what I do. I mean, I've been humble so much. I, I had received so much grace over things that I had done that I, I, I should have never done that everything that I do, I'm grateful to God for allowing me to even have the chance to do it. And so, you know, uh, I have finally gotten to a point that I feel free that if something that I'm doing in my job is not reflective of God, then I've got to decide, am I going to keep doing this job? And uh, at some point, and I can't tell you when it was, I used to use FCA and church and all those kind of things deep down inside. And I'm being honest. I thought that would help us win more games. And now I literally tell the players, I don't care what the score says. Now, do I like when we get beat or when we play bad? Absolutely not. But I believe you can do everything in your life. I mean, you know, Matthew 6:33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and he will provide all other things. And so I've been lucky enough to coach some state championship teams, and I'm proud of that. But I don't do things and say, okay, God, I do this, so now let us win another championship. Whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to be fine with it as long as I know I'm doing the very best that I can. When you're gone, how do you want people to remember you as a coach? You know, someone who, you know, put himself – you know, behind everyone else and had God in the center of his life. You know, someone who saw the kids for who they were, someone who, who really took the time and the initiative to really pour into the lives of others and, you know, and to just really leave that everlasting impact because I know that impact right there will go further along than how many wins and how many losses I had. You know, I just tried my best you know, every day to be remembered by the wins and losses of the souls that I gained, the lives that was restored um, throughout my coaching career, you know. And I know that if I do all those things right, then I'm pretty sure I have a good coaching career because God honors that. And at the same time, you know, I know he, you know, he sees the work within that. And so, yeah, just a, just an impact, man, of just someone who put himself behind and just sit others in front of them and just point into the lives of the younger generation. I had a, a former player come to see me and, and been going through some problems about three or four years ago. And he called me and told me he wanted to come up and talk. So we met in the office and uh, we talked about some pretty serious things. Uh, uh, a lot of them having to do with drugs. 
And uh, when it was over with, I just said, hey, can we pray about this? And and we prayed. And uh, when I said amen, he said, he said, I wish I could talk to God that way. And my response to him was, it's much easier to talk to a, a person when you really know them. And I'll be real honest with you. A lot of people talk about legacy and stuff like this. I'm not a legacy person because I think there are a lot of people that are trying to build a legacy. The only thing that I would love for people to say is that he really knew who God was. And that became a goal of mine 15 years ago or so. I couldn't figure out who I was because I really didn't know who God was. And so my goal in life every day is to become closer to God. When I do that, it doesn't make me a better person. I still have all the weaknesses that I have. But if God made me that way, it's much easier for me to understand that and live with my weaknesses and know this, that he still can use me even though I'm not the person I ought to be. And so uh, if anything, I just wish that players would say, I want to know God as closely as I can. Coach Matt Barnes and Coach Cordera Eason, thank you so much for jumping on our podcast. Thank you all so much for taking some time out of the football season to get on and speak with us. Oh.